a few years ago, out of curiosity and also um, in order to teach a class, I, I did a deep study on the Stations of the Cross. And in my research, I read quite a few papers and accounts and books that touched upon the medical realities of crucifixion. One of them was even written by a medical doctor who did a really explicit job of explaining what happened to the body when it was beaten and scourged and tortured as Jesus is about to be tortured and crucified in our passion story. During one of the classes, we watched a film clip from the horrifically accurate torture film that Mel Gibson made about Jesus. During this clip, one of the class members had to excuse themselves because all the gore and blood was too much. On the one hand, we are extremely desensitized to violence, aren't we? We're bombarded with it in our entertainment, on television, even in our music, in the trash novels we read. But on the other hand, sometimes all we can do to get through listening to the story of the crucifixion is to check out. It's almost too horrific to even imagine. It's the stuff of nightmares. I don't like thinking about it. But in Jesus before the resurrection moments, maybe we can be a little less inclined to check out of his suffering, from his suffering, Something about physical suffering might be even a little easier for us, perhaps because, because we can numb ourselves physically. We understand physical pain. Physical pain has a beginning, a middle, and an end. It's fairly universal. It can be treated at least temporarily now. And also, when death is mercifully close behind the suffering, physical pain is finite. But the other kind of pain that Jesus suffers in the garden, the spiritual pain, the mental pain, emotional, maybe even psychological pain, it cuts across time in a way that physical pain does not When we are in the midst of deep, isolating sadness, like the sadness Jesus suffered in the garden, when we are in the midst of deep, black moments of mental and soul anguish, we cannot imagine it will ever end sometimes. On the night before he dies, Jesus suffers spiritually, And mentally, Jesus' heart hurts. Jesus' soul aches. But I think we have to remember that none of us could know exactly what this would have meant for him. 
None of us really knows what that means for any other human being, do we? Much less someone who is the incarnation of the creator of the universe. Kind of a terrifying thought, really, that the creator of the universe suffers like this. Nikos Kazantzakis in The Last Temptation of Christ talks a lot about the joining together of the human and the divine in Jesus. His whole book is about this. It's kind of a thought experiment about the terror of being human and divine. He says that in this incarnation of God and in the way that Jesus suffered, we are loved by God and we are aligned with God. Nikos says, in order to mount to the cross, the summit of sacrifice, Christ passed through all the stages which the man who struggles passes through. That part of Christ's nature which was profoundly human helps us to understand him and love him and to pursue his passion as though it were own. We struggle. We see him struggle also. And we find strength. We see that we are not all alone in the world. He is fighting at our side. Jesus fights at our side in the garden. He faces the same horrible forces of darkness and isolation that have been a part of the human condition since the very beginning. Forces that many of us wrestle with every day. So for me, at least, the struggle of the garden... Jesus' abandonment, his betrayal, his arrest, his solitude, it's even more familiar to me than the weird, barbaric, horrible physical torture of crucifixion. In one translation of the Bible, has Jesus saying that saying Jesus began to feel sad and anxious. And Jesus also says. I'm very sad. It's as if I'm dying. So in his anxiety, then he begs his friends to stay here and keep alert with me. Notice Jesus doesn't even do what many of us do sometimes when we're in pain. He doesn't expect anyone to fix his pain. He doesn't ask his good friends to do anything to make him feel better. In fact, he does the best thing that we can do when we're in pain, doesn't he? He asks for his friend's presence. But in return for that presence, what does he get? His friends make promises for him. He knows good and well that they will not fulfill Peter especially. Peter swears his fealty and his courage and his loyalty, but Jesus knows Peter's character. Jesus knows that Peter will be the first sheep to scatter when the shepherd is taken out. And then Jesus does what we all should do when faced with nothing but horrible options. Jesus prays. He asks God for help. He does everything right in his crisis. He maybe even takes good care of himself in this crisis. But in return, what does he get? Sleeping friends in absolute silence from God. 
So Jesus is perhaps at his most human in the garden. Jesus faces his pain with fear and trembling. He begs God to end his suffering and his trial, just like most of us would do. Who here hasn't prayed in one way or another when we suffered? Take this cup of suffering from me, God, just like Jesus does. And perhaps the most human experience he shares with us then is that he is answered by God with a stunning silence. Jesus is God forsaken. Frederick Buechner in his book, The Faces of Jesus, talks about Jesus being abandoned in his crucifixion by God and how Jesus knew what had to happen as he waited in the garden alone. Buechner writes, But for Jesus, he says, because he believed he had to die in order to save the world, there could be no hope for anything from the world to save him from dying God was the power that he believed and sustained him, but it was God who had made him powerless. The miracle, he says, was that there would be no miracle. Jesus would save us all because he was to be spared nothing. And he knew this. So let's allow this to sink in a bit in our silence. God, the creator of all things, the ground of all being, God who made the moon and the stars, God who gives us all things, God, the omnipotent, the magnificent, God incarnate in Jesus sits in an olive grove alone, Abandoned, sad, depressed, anxious, and afraid. Yes, Jesus died then. But before that death, he lived fully as one of us. Just like all of us, he perceived God's silence, and he suffered down to his very soul. Jesus lost hope. The Son of God was indeed spared nothing, not pain or sorrow or rejection or failure or loneliness or desperation or anxiety or fear. To give us all, God spared nothing. To give us all, God lost hope. The cross awaits. But even in the garden, the crucifixion has begun.